Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Amazingly, we have found something that the entire country can agree upon this week. Really? You and I can't even agree on anything. <laughs> I know. I know. But we all think that Dr. Deborah Burks is a garbage monster. <laughs> Definitely. She can't She's do... managed to alienate everybody. It's, she can't do incredible. anything right. If she did nothing, she was a monster. If she did something, she was a monster. She's just the woman we she love to... She has the worst timing. The woman we love to hate. <laughs> the worst More judgment. scarves than common sense. <laughs> More scars than any doctor should have. Okay. Uh, we may or may not talk about that some more. Uh, we have lots of topics. So this is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews. Talking about the news. Beating back the blues. We made a podcast and here's why. Had to laugh so we don't cry. Come and join us for the ride. Welcome to Nope. Okay, Rachel, we got really good feedback on last week's episode, right? Yeah, honey, there's shrimp in my cereal. People loved the title. They liked the content. They liked the chicken. Um, I got a lot of feedback on the chicken slapping. Lots of people oh, want to try slapping. slap yes. their own chickens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Although I wasn't sure what they were getting at. Um, yeah, and you know, there's no updates yet on the sequencing of the shrimp tails and but we'll we'll keep everyone posted as the results come in. Yeah, and um, I'm especially excited today because, as people may recall from last year, we have the summer music series coming up yes. in the summer, where we take our favorite ridiculous music videos from years past and we uh, dissect them and tell you what we really think about them. Um, but there is one video that has come out. Well, it hasn't come out. We can't if stop talking out, about this video. <laughs> if I come out, I, come I mean out. forty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that we uncovered, but that I'll leave you in suspense. That is so summer music seriesy that we're giving you a preview, and we're going to do spring music series. We have just, to. Just we can't not do it. No, yeah, we've been, we've been, we tried. We've been waiting for a few weeks, and we've been holding it in. We're just bursting. Like we can't. We're hold like it it's in. summary enough. <laughs> It's We're almost it. almost not quite summer. Okay, Rachel. Um, speaking of spring, it was Passover this week. It was Passover, Happy yeah, Passover. which is like a big deal for my family because last year um, Passover was the first meal we had together as a family when Josh came home from the hospital. So it was very special, and I cooked my first Passover meal this week, which was exciting and different. All by yourself. Wow. All that, by myself. That yeah. almost seems like something that one's parents should do, even if we're fully grown humans like we I are. I know. It always seems like the next generation should be doing that for us. Right. But I'm adulting and um, it was complicated because the problem, the biggest problem is that our local grocery store was acquired by a bigger chain. So it's currently under renovation. And the second closest grocery store is like 25 minutes away. So I've been using Instacart. Wait, so, ordered... wait, so the, you're saying that the Hamptons is basically a food desert now. It's a food desert. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're My like heart the goes out to you. Israelites wandering through Egypt. So I, I ordered all the Passover stuff along with my groceries last week. And when the delivery guy came, everything was in there except for the Passover stuff. And I was like <laughs> indignant. I was like, this is rampant anti-Semitism. And Josh was more measured about the whole thing. He was like, sometimes people are afraid of the unfamiliar. Maybe the person <laughs> didn't know. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, A, like there's no Jews in the Hamptons. The Hamptons. B, like 
macaroons? Like people know what that is. Like lamb no, shanks. Like filter fish and, you know, That's pretty meal. common like, nowadays. Like I was in North Carolina, they had gefilte fish. So yeah, I guess. I don't know. But like maybe he just like didn't know where to look or what these things were. So anyway, so on the day that I got a grocery delivery, I homeschooled AJ and then drove 25 minutes to the grocery store, which I needed to do like a hole in the head. But when I got there, I realized that there was this whole other reason why the delivery guy didn't get any of the Passover stuff. And it's because there was no cohesive display in the store. So all the stuff was like located hither and thither in locations in seven different, it was totally disaggregated. It was like a scavenger hunt for So like the macaroons were with the cookies and the matzo was with the bread and the gefilte fish was with the- The soups, (laughs) like it was totally random, right? So, um, and I couldn't find the matzo anywhere. I was like going around all the aisles and finally, I get to the checkout line and the lady's like, oh, wow, where'd you find this? Where'd you find that? People <laughs> have been <treasures>. asking. <laughs> and I was like, this was behind the garbanzo beans in aisle seven. <laughs> that was next to the sesame oil in aisle 12. And why don't you guys band together and create a Passover area like a normal grocery it's called, store? It's called merchandising. Just like <laughs> right. le- co- co- an it, end cap. An end cap. Is that too much to ask for? An end cap like for the one Jews. End cap. Give the Jews one end cap. <laughs> I mean, this is not like an area that's we have, devoid of Jews. There's we have, a lot of Jews. Right. We have skull caps. <laughs> Give us an end cap. Right. Right. And so, and then I was like, oh, and also, by the way, you have no matzah. And she's like, oh, good news. If you spend over $25 at the grocery <laughs> store, you get a free box of matzah. And but I'm wait, like, you, oh, great. <laughs> wait, you can't buy the matzah. It's not for sale. It's only. It's, it's, reser- it's on reserve. <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, great. It was all worth it. I get a free box of matzah. This is amazing. And then she hands me the box. She points to the areas where there's the boxes. They're like stacked up and like they're huge, right? It's like the size of like a 50 inch television. Wait, you missed it the first time? You couldn't find the matzah until it was free. And then Well, because it was after the aisle. It was like after checkout. And it's like this like huge like cardboard box of like matzah boxes. Like where they have the newspapers and the cigarette store and stuff like that. Yes. So she so I get the box and it's like 10 pounds of matzah. So I have matzah for the next <laughs> decade of Passovers. If anybody needs some, just luckily, um, luckily DM me. Luckily, it doesn't go stale. No, it's, it kind doesn't. Of, it's already no. stale. <laughs> okay. I had a interesting but very, very different situation. So I uh, I went to get my hair cut, as you can see on Zoom here. Um, you can't see? Here, I'll take my headphones Yeah, very out. nice. Yep. No, okay. Um, and uh, I have a, a barber I go to all the time, Tim. I've gone for years. And he's like, it's like a rock-themed, uh, he's like an actual rock guy. He's like a rocker guy. Um, and he has guitars all over it and vintage gold records. And it's next to an old used guitar store. And the music is a big thing. So he asked me, is there any kind of music you want to play? And normally he puts on like real rock music. And I said, how about something a little like poppy, newer? He's like, I'm obsessed with the new Dua Lipa, which I didn't expect him to say. So we put it on. And then we started talking about 80s music. And he says, uh-huh. he says, oh, my God. He's like, since you're like 80s music, I'm going to let you in on a secret about this one 80s song that like nobody has ever heard of. It's called The King of Wishful Thinking 
by Go West. First of which, all, we which <laughs> was, was the subject series. of one of the very first summer, summer music yeah, series. Yes. So when he tells me that, of course, I wet myself. I tell him about summer music series. I show him the video, and it turns out he's as obsessed as I am about the song. To the in the same nerdy way that we both are, he's like, "Oh, listen to the uh, listen to the fourths in the synth horn riff stabs right there." But what is he talking about? That movie was in Pretty Woman. It's not like nobody's <laughs> ever heard of it. <laughs> He's young. I don't know. It was in like an iconic film. Okay. okay. Right. Anyway. And, then he, and then he goes, well, here's what's better. What I'm really obsessed with is the metal version. And I'm like, oh. there's a metal version? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let me play it. By Go oh, West? Or is no, it by- <laughs> no. It's like a metal remake. But okay. it's sample here. I actually have it. I'm going to play it here. You see, it's awesome. It's like a, yeah, it's like a bopper. <laughs> so anyway, that was why I did not expect that my hair could would end up in a jam of a metal version of King of Wishful Thinking. But you well, learn something. You never every know day. what's going to happen in this world. <laughs> in the rocks, rock and roll themed barbershop. Okay, uh, Rachel, we have some notes uh, before we get to our summer music series. Uh, what do you have? Yes. Um, so I was all revved up to talk about um, my favorite bescarved villain, Dr. Burks, but um, an even bigger blast from the past emerged on the scene this week, bumping poor Dr. Burks out of the lineup. <laughs> so sorry, Dr. Burks, but <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were all worried about. Who will be the first topic on Nope this nope. week? <laughs> Listen, you never know. <laughs> and so like Rachel Maddow last night called it a weird late breaking curveball. And I think that's the best way to describe it. It's really long and convoluted. It's taken me all day to like get my head somewhat around the story. And I, even then it's very confusing. So here goes. Is there a, is there um, a five minute version of it? Because that's <laughs> I'm tr- I will try to tell the five minute version, but there's a lot of ins and outs. So just bear with me. So. The New York Times had this big scoop that Congressman Matt Gates is under investigation by the Department of Justice for allegedly taking an underage girl across state lines two years ago in exchange for sex and giving her something of value, also known as child sex trafficking. So to refresh your memory, as if you could ever forget Matt Gates is an abomination. He's one of the younger <laughs> members of Congress. He's 38 years old. He identifies himself as Florida man in his Twitter bio, and he's one of the Trumpiest Trumpers in all of Trumpdom. He objected to the certification of the election. He trolled Congress by wearing a gas mask to make fun of people for wearing masks to protect from COVID. He brought a Holocaust denier to the State of the Union address to Trump's, and um, so he's a great guy. And he also has like one of those very like ups swept stiff Hitler yeah, he's hairstyles. Very, he's very ugly, actually. You <laughs> he's know. hideous and has terrible style. There's literally not one redeeming quality <laughs> about him. <laughs> and but he at checks least, all at, the at least he's, At least he's loud. Right? At least yeah. he's also a child sex trafficker. <laughs> right. His voice projects. <laughs> the most positive thing we could say about him. Um, so now there's... Um, this investigation, which was initiated last year under the auspices of Bill Barr. And the craziest thing about it is not so much that Matt Gates 
is probably a child sex trafficker, but how he got swept up in this whole thing in the first place. And that all ties back to a person I'd never heard of before <laughs> named Joel Greenberg. And I looked at my text last night and I just saw Joel. You texted me Joel Greenberg. And I was like, some Jew? I don't know. Like, who is that? Like my, it's like and, an uncle or something. <laughs> right. Like, so what? And then I, like, you know, Googled it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, just when you thought, you, <laughs> you knew. Had, yeah, just when you thought that Matt Gates was the ultimate Florida man, this guy is the ultimate Florida man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here comes Joel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has been a staple of Orlando Sentinel coverage for the past five years, which underscores the importance of local journalism. But he didn't hit the national spotlight until yesterday. So how can we begin to describe Joel Greenberg? Um, he's not great for the Jews. This is not great. Not happy about that. Um, he's currently in jail. He's facing 33 charges. Yesterday he was facing 14, but today that number went up to 33 oh, owing to a multiply. new superseding indictment. Yeah. <laughs> So who knows what tomorrow may bring, right? So who is he exactly? He's a former marketing guy who decided to run for the office of the Seminole County tax collector in 2016, the same time that Matt Gates was running for Congress. He was 31 at the time. He won the election, same as Matt Gates, and the people of Seminole County got more than they bargained for. <laughs> They got so, more than your average tax collector. Yes. So within a day of taking office as this basic bureaucrat tax collector, he fires everyone and replaces them with his groomsmen, stoling out like <laughs> Wait, with his actual groomsmen? With his own best friends. Yes. <laughs> so this was his wedding party, basically. He yes, turned. his wedding party is now working in the office of the Seminole <laughs> County tax collector. He doled out three million dollars in contracts to all of his buddies. He started spending public money on guns, body armor, and drones. Drones. Wait, drones, wait. yes. Everybody wait, needs one. Wait, Every not just anybody. By any stretch of the imagination, I cannot even concoct a scenario by which a tax collector <laughs> needs a drone. Like, Unless it's a criminal tax collector. I, I don't I still don't understand why Joel Greenberg <laughs> needed drones, but anyway, that will be answered. So he required everyone in the office of the Seminole County tax collector to wear weapons, to wear their weapons at work. So they had to show up packing heat. It was required. He set up a private business within the walls of the tax collection <laughs> office using taxpayer money to fund the business, which was some blockchain thing that required a new computer system. <laughs> oh, wait, of course it's the blockchain. It's the blockchain. And it, it requires this big computer upgrade. So he uses the taxpayer money to pay for all these computers, but he installed the computers wrong and set the office on fire. <laughs> Did you hear about that? What was he mining Bitcoin and like the yes and like the, <laughs> the wells energy. the energy overheated? <laughs> was he like slapping chickens? Like what? Yes, yes, he was slapping chickens and mining, mining Bitcoin. Bitcoin. 
And so the indictment <laughs> released today, <laughs> it's insane. It he set the office on fire. Like he couldn't even do that. He couldn't even grift computers. Like, so the new indictment released today alleges that Greenberg embezzled more than $400,000 and purchased cryptocurrency for himself and other things like sports memorabilia autographed by Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Okay totally normal. Um, so he was arrested in June 2020 for stalking his political opponent <laughs> Wait, in the not, 2020 not election. All, not for all those other things. Not for any, No, there's a whole other thing. And so, right, those things don't even matter. The reason why he was arrested is because he circulated a false rape allegation against his political rival, who is a nice teacher in Seminole County, and he set up a troll army of fake accounts run by the Proud Boys who are connected to Roger Stone to defame this poor guy who just wanted to be the Seminole County tax, tax collector. <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> right? Such a coveted office. <laughs> so on the day that Greenberg was indicted, the feds searched his car and his office and they found all these fake IDs. And they said, what are these fake IDs? He was basically stealing licenses that were about to be put in the shredder at the tax office oh, and, and putting them. and keeping them and cutting out the photo and putting his own photo in there. So he'd have <laughs> all these identities to choose from. What does he need so them he, for? For his sex trafficking. Oh, we haven't even gotten to sex trafficking. We haven't even yet. gotten to that. <laughs> yes. So so he resigns. This story the, has everything. It's it's <laughs> it's too much. So he resigns after he's arrested. And just when you think he can't get any more corrupt, there's a superseding indictment for child sex trafficking. So the feds found evidence on his computers that he was involved in all these sugar daddy relationships with minors and he was using the state database of driver's licenses to look up these people and find out information about their vehicle registration and traffic violations, perhaps use it to blackmail people. And um, the, yeah, the ID, the IDs, we don't know exactly what he was using them for, but the indictment says that he made them to help facilitate his efforts to engage in commercial sex acts. Okay. So and this guy's there it is, right? <laughs> right. Now so it that's all makes the nexus sense. between Matt Gates and Greenberg, right? So the guy is let out on bail, which is insane. But of course, he violates the bail restrictions to go searching for his wife who left him amid all of this. But why? Why would she leave him? <laughs> like such a catch. So now he's in jail. He's awaiting trial in June. And now all these photos are surfacing with him and Matt Gates and Roger Stone. They're at the White House. They're here. They're there. And oh, the, this guy. The question, this guy went to the White House. This Seminole, yes. <laughs> did nobody yes. like think something might be wrong when the Seminole County tax collector tax collector is, is at, at the, the White office, House, right? With Matt Gates and Roger Stone. Yeah, and the my, and the My Pillow guy, like <laughs> right. <laughs> Plotting I mean, to I just can't believe we law. haven't heard of this person yet. So, so the so the question is, what is the relationship between all three of these Florida men, Greenberg, Gates, and Stone, and how like what were the technicalities of how it all works? So, Stone and Greenberg seem to be a bit 
working together to smear the political opponent. The bot accounts can be traced to stone that were used to allege these fake rape allegations against this poor teacher. And then in 2019, Gates and Greenberg were at the White House. I feel like this is just me speculating. We're not a news podcast. We were, we are allowed. But you're to very well really. qualified to speculate. You're like in the top 1% of people in understanding this story. It's like you are yeah. an expert as far as I know. You're an I expert witness. I think this witness. was a honeypot. I think it's a honeypot <laughs> operation, like a typical Russian active measure to get a congressman on the hook for blackmail. I mean, that's how they got right? Trump, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's all. I and I would not be surprised if there are more people that are like ensnared in this mess. It's all of a part. Meanwhile, I saw a tweet that Liz Cheney is uh, sitting sitting back, sipping a fine bourbon right now. Like, yes, paging <laughs> yeah, through the Gates indictment. Yeah, because Gates is the one who went to Wyoming to like try all and get for her, her toppling removal. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what does Matt Gates say about all this? Um, he probably should say nothing because he has the right to remain silent. But um, but he's been saying a lot, and it, none of it makes any sense. So he went on Tucker Carlson oh, last yeah, night. I saw this. Yeah. Oh, my God. He gave quite an unusual interview. Um, he he was claiming that the whole thing is this big extortion plot to get twenty five million dollars out of his wealthy family. His father was like some kind of I don't, hospice care magnate <laughs> in Florida. Seems like a, a one, I'm sure he's a wonderful person. So. <laughs> But this is the one time I've ever like felt sorry for Tucker Carlson, like watching this interview. Which yeah, we'll talk about I know. Here. I know. So but like just to get back to the extortion plot, there was a new story that just came out tonight in The Washington Post that there's this like tangentially related weird thing about a real estate developer and a former Air Force intelligence analyst <laughs> teaming up to allegedly ask for twenty five million dollars from Matt Gates's father to fund the hunt for a missing F. FBI officer <laughs> held hostage in Iran and presumed dead. And the theory is that if they find him, then somehow Matt Gates can get leniency for the sex crimes because his dad helped find a lost FBI agent Wait, is in that Iran. The is that the easiest way to get leniency? Okay, we need to figure out a plan. If poor little Matt does get indicted, we need to cop a plea. What could we offer in return? I know. Let's get some hostages out of Iran. And I, I don't everything. understand anybody's motivations in this whole thing. The motivations I don't even do know not why align, these... right? They're, they're not... <laughs> I need more clarity on that element. But as far as the sex trafficking goes, um, Matt Gates was asked about it by Tucker Carlson, and he referred to the girl in question. This is like the first hint you get of like how he's going to handle this going forward. He called her a 17-year-old woman. Okay, I'm sorry. There is not such a thing as a 17 year old woman that does not exist. And then he tries to loop Tucker Carlson in with this whole thing saying, oh, you know, Tucker, you've been accused of this too. And Tucker gave this like, you know, his strange, like, like quizzical, lip, face, quizzical right. baby face, like he's having diarrhea or something, you know? <laughs> and then he, so, so Gates throws Tucker under the bus on his own show when he's like lobbing softball questions at him. And then Gates is like, remember that dinner we had? with me and my girlfriend and you and your wife and Tucker's like no I, I do not <laughs> recall any of that and then he tries to explain the whole convoluted story that he's really the victim and his dad
dad is wearing a wire to cooperate with the FBI investigation about this extortion thing, which why would he reveal that his dad is wearing a wire? If right, that's that would kind of blow the, blow the sting he, so operation. He blew, so he blew the sting. <laughs> which is easy because it doesn't exist, I'm sure. I'm sure, right? And then he starts demanding that the Department of Justice release the FBI tapes that prove his innocence. And he refers to photos of himself with child prostitutes. Again, that's not a thing. And even Tucker Carlson, the worst television personality on earth, was left scratching his head. And um, I have a clip of what he said when the whole thing was over. If you just saw our Matt Gates interview, that was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever conducted. That story just appeared in the news a couple of hours ago. And on the certainty that there's always more than you read in the newspaper, we immediately called Matt Gates and asked him to come on and tell us more, which, as you saw, he did. I don't think that clarified much, uh, but it certainly showed this is a deeply interesting story, and we'll be, we'll be following it. Don't quite understand it, but we'll bring you more when we find out. Yeah, he doesn't want any part of this. Like, <laughs> No, I for once, I agree. This is, in fact, a deeply interesting story, and um, we will be following it in great detail. And one thing I am particularly interested in going forward is how this will affect Matt Gaetz's, uh wedding plans. Oh, I didn't realize he was engaged. He got engaged like on New Year's Eve at Mar-a-Lago to oh. a woman he had been dating for like eight months. How old uh, Her she? name... She's 26. Her name's Ginger Lucky, and she's the sister <laughs> of Palmer Lucky, who created Oculus VR. Oh, really? Like Facebook yes. acquired Oculus? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, she is lucky, isn't she? She's I mean, like, very, if she got was any skilled. Of she was yeah. lucky. She was just the sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I'm sure their wedding plans are proceeding as uh, or, or totally on, normal. Or on, or on hold for the moment, perhaps. Um, yeah. And I don't know. We, I guess maybe we don't have to worry about this at all because there's one person in Congress who believes Matt Gates's story. And that person is Jim Jordan. Jordan I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, of course, because he'll believe anything. So, um, yeah. And he's the guy who helped cover up a sexual abuse scandal at Ohio State. So we, we can always trust him. And, you know, this just a bunch of good guys just a bunch of good guys doing innocent <laughs> this is, things this so. is part of the purge this is part of the this is like the dry heaves it's like after you've already vomited you still have the sort <laughs> of the like fake heaves. like it's like the bile emerging like when yes. you think you have nothing left it's just there it's, it's just ready there. you gotta get the you gotta spit it out hold your Before hair back you can feel better <laughs> right then have some water sleep it off and you'll be fine in the morning yes. ready to drink some more uh, I hope yeah. not. Okay, so, so Rachel, nope I to all you. these people, absolutely. Rachel, not. thank you for that. Was a public service for doing all that research. I don't know. I did a lot of research. <laughs> thank you for appreciating it. <laughs> if you I like did, my I did nothing. I just watched a music video and took some notes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do we have time for this one other thing before we do the music? Or yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Hit it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. um I want to talk about this new geoengineering project. Um, we're big believers in science here at NOPE. Uh, we generally support scientific inquiry of all types. But We report, um, this we thing... report on even the outer bounds of science, for example, populating the moon with human sperm. Or, yes, uh, or a phone with a 
automated finger attached to it. Yes, I forgot about that. In or France. human Uber. There's all like we're we're the first to report. We're on we're the right. forefront of innovation. So, but this thing was a bridge too far. Let me start by saying we all know that climate change is a huge problem. It's real. Um, the biggest it's problem real. of our time. <laughs> if we don't have an earth, we can't deal with all the other problems that we've caused. And there are some reasonable ways to, if not stop, then at least slow down the catastrophe that are, you know, that's about to happen by curbing emissions, tightening regulations, limiting consumption changing our diets, all these things are beneficial. But no, the National Academies <laughs> of Science has taken a different approach. They have decided that we need to create an intervention that would dim the sun because <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so. There's a lot of problems with that theory. <laughs> I would say first among them is the law of unintended consequences. <laughs> like, Correct. Yes. Um, but they, they're aware of, of the possibility of unintended consequences. So the report, um, in a report this week, they recommended funding of 100 to 2 million, 200 million over the next five years to look at the feasibility of dimming the sun and how such technology could be governed in an ethical way. I will tell you right now, <laughs> there it are cannot none. be governed <laughs> in an ethical way. This is the plot of countless superhero movies, as well as the exact plot of Snowpiercer directed by Bong Joon-ho of Parasite fame. And the film takes place place after a failed attempt at climate engineering to stop global warming creates a snowball earth and there are a bunch of people aboard the snow piercer train a train with tilda swinton on it yes and it's just <laughs> right. on so one we're gonna track. wind we're gonna wind up <laughs> on a train a with tilda swinton, tilda swinton. <laughs> Now that's a what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't mind being on a train with Tilda Swinton. If you're that's the boot. Where this is you're all the going. You're the boot, or whatever that line is. <laughs> if, I mean, if that's what happens, that wouldn't be so bad. So, but overall, we do not want this. Um, they they said that cutting fossil fuel emissions remains the most urgent and important action. But the worryingly so slow progress on climate action meant that all options need to be understood. No, we need to get our asses in gear and deal I'm, with the things I'm that are against work. understanding things, but let's work on understanding things that might actually happen as opposed to things that will never happen, such as dimming well, the sun. They want to do these outdoor experiments. And well, they, you can't do an indoor it. experiment on dimming the sun. <laughs> Like that, I know they want to try like putting particles in the air and seeing what happens, but you know, it's it's uh, they want to inject tiny reflective particles into the stratosphere to block sunlight, using the particles to make low lying, like seeding clouds to make the oceans more reflective, and then thinning high altitude cirrus clouds. So, okay, I mean, <laughs> sure. I, I just I, I feel like this is like the bad version of Prometheus, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, and also can't... like, how do you do a controlled experiment on that? How do you do a double blind? Like, let's take one planet where we don't do this, take another planet where we do do this, not tell each other which one they're getting and then observe the results. Well, I feel like they probably would take an area and compare it to like a neighboring area. And no, see what it's happens, all or nothing. Then... It's, it's like <laughs> the earth rotates. Like there's no one area that's like, 
always under the sun. This isn't the moon. I don't. I don't know. They probably figure out some way to measure it, but it's it's not an exact <laughs> science. Well, I'd and, like to think that if they're going to dim the sun, it would be an exact science. I know. They're not just going to say like we'll throw some balloons up there and, and see what happens. <laughs> But the, the Academy says they understand everybody's concerns and they recommend that the program is designed to move forward in a socially responsible manner with researchers following a code of conduct, a code of conduct research cataloged in a public registry and public engagement undertaken. So I just feel like, sure, Jan, a code of conduct is going to prevent Kim Jong-un from blocking out the sun. Right, we should pushing even, a button. Right, we shouldn't even let anybody know how this works if it if it works because if in fact it, it does work, it can't get out. It, of course, this technology should. It's not information that I trust human beings with right. understanding. We are garbage. We will, of course, <laughs> right. block out the sun because if it means that we could continue, you know, just driving whatever car we want and doing nothing about the environment, and it's the easy way we, we could. You know, fix Just it. Push That's what people will do. Yeah. Damn the sun. Okay. So nope to that idea. So nope. Nope. To that I'll, idea. Sa- I'll save you the two to three hundred million dollars. We're going to have a big uh, uh, infrastructure and climate package to pay for. I will redirect the funds to that because it has a chance of actually working under the Biden plan. That would be amazing. We need yeah. that. Okay. So nope okay. to the nope to nope. dimming the sun. We like <laughs> <Nope> the sun. <laughs> we'll find another workaround. <laughs> Let's keep, leave the sun as it is. Okay. It is time for the spring slash summer music series. We have both been so looking forward I'm to so it. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm so, yes. The song Let's in question, this. which I'm guessing that most people and certainly nobody under the age of, let's say, 45 will have heard of, is called The Salt in My Tears by a British artist named Martin Briley. Now, Rachel, before I drew this to your attention, had you heard of Martin Briley? I had never heard of Martin Briley, and I had never heard this song, but um, but I enjoyed it. It's, it's very really interesting. <laughs> Here, uh, I'll, I'll get to the song in a second. So let me tell you about the great Martin Briley. So yes, he's British. He was, uh, before striking out and going solo, uh, he was in a band called Mandrake Paddle Steamer that only mm. had two hits, but only in Sweden. Um, And then he moved to New York and he became a very renowned session musician where he played for the likes of Bonnie Tyler, Donna Summer, Olivia Newton-John, and the one and only Meatloaf. Uh, wow okay everything Call comes back to last episode last, yeah <laughs> he would do anything for love but he won't wouldn't be in this video because when I tell you about it. <laughs> but he wouldn't perform with martin briley <laughs> <laughs> so only in the studio never live um so That's like the thing. That is <laughs> i won't do that <laughs> Perform with Martin Bridley, whoever the fuck that is. For love. <laughs> Can you imagine? So his like girlfriend is like, all I need is for you to perform with Martin Bridley. It's like, no, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. Okay, so like so many very talented studio musicians, what he really wanted was to go solo. He wanted to be in front of the camera. So he came out in 1983 with his one and only album called One Night with a Stranger, and it produced his 
only hit called Salt in My Tears, and it peaked, I, I use the hit very loosely because it peaked at number 36. Um, but it got very heavy MTV play, which when I describe the video, maybe you'll understand why. Um, it was very of the moment. And I remember hearing it uh, on the radio all the time. I was, you know, conscious of pop music at that time. I was very young, but I was aware of it. But to say that this culture, this uh, song, like, didn't leave a cultural impact is an understatement. Like when I went to go research the actual song, like there's precious little about Martin uh, Briley out there. But when I went to go look up Salt in My Tears, the Wikipedia is like, there's a song called Salt in My Tears. It went to number 36. <laughs> like that's it. Um, that's it. The only cultural relic is this video. There's also a live performance of him on Solid Gold, the show, but we all know that was lip synced, so it wasn't even a, a live performance. Um, so that's the only relic we have of it. So let me talk about the song for a second. It is actually incredibly catchy, which is why I remember it. And actually, before we did this, I have it on my running playlist. Like I jam oh. out and run to this song. And it has this incredible opening guitar riff that plays throughout the song. Yeah. And here, I'll play it here. Right, so that's awesome. Da 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 da, yep. da like totally memorable. And then it goes in. There's a short chorus, like a little pre-chorus that leads into it, but uh, but it's really catchy too. And I'll, I'll play that here. Right, I love that. Sit around and drink a few more beers till the memory it's, just disappears. It, <laughs> yes, or um, till I block my ears. <laughs> my ears. <laughs> we can, we could go on and on. It's like Bob Dylan. He should get a Nobel Prize for literature. <laughs> but the song sounds very Tom Petty to me. You know, yeah, like, it does. It, yeah, right. Yeah. It has I, that like sort of that same vibe. Singer songwriter. Totally could have been, yeah. but like Southern Rocky jam for, yeah. for a guy who comes from England. Okay, so here is the video. It starts with that riff, da 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 da, da uh, and it starts with a blonde bombshell in her bedroom wearing like a tight red shift dress, and she's sitting on the bed, and then she gets up and struts around the room and out to a living room where there's like cheesy 80s furniture. Um, and sitting there is a quite ugly man <laughs> sprawled out... <laughs> who I can only assume is Martin Briley himself, <laughs> sprawled out on an 80s white sofa, playing a white guitar, wearing a white beret backwards, <laughs> a striped sailor shirt, and a red neckerchief. So he's just kind of like perched <laughs> in the corner of a like, corner sofa um, and and playing, strumming his guitar somewhat angrily. It's like a traveling troubadour who somehow <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> arrived is, is in this living room. <laughs> and is now stationary and refusing to leave, right? 
So the the girl in the red dress has now walked in, and there's a door knock, which you see, and in storms this guy in like a rumpled brown suit and got like a like a nerdy accountant guy, but angry. He's very aggro, and he's and he's <laughs> and something I don't know why something is amiss here. And he's holding papers like a wad of like legal papers, and he's got a cigar stub in his mouth, and he's followed by two like bulky guys in gray muscle shirts. And you're like, whoa, conflict. Like act two, conflict. <laughs> and then he hey, starts. The inciting incident has happened, but we don't know what it is. <laughs> and yet we will. Yet they're very slow to actually reveal what's happening here, and they may never, in fact, fully reveal it. So the guy in the suit starts directing the men, who we then figure out are movers, and he's pointing to them to pick up various things. And she's part of the the girl in the red dress is gleefully participating in this. She takes off his watch, and all the while the guy in the brown suit has suddenly out a like 1980s style calculator, pocket calculator, and he's just like adding up things, adding up things like that couch, that that watch so i guess it's obvious that like they're taking all his things right i guess it's maybe like an eviction it's, an eviction it's... or a, uh right they're recalling what's that called they're re- repossessing a lot of repossessing his, his right. furniture right. and right. he's adding up the value of it maybe Right. Okay. Now there's a B plot. So, so one of the one of the muscle guys goes up to the girl and kisses her on the cheek, and then the other guy pushes him away like he's jealous. But it's very unclear who he's jealous of. Is he jealous of the girl or the guy? Or the guy? Right. Mm, exactly. Yeah. We don't know yet. Like on the one hand, they're wearing these muscle shirts. On the other hand, it's 1983 and everyone wore muscle shirts. So who knows? Right. Then he. He's drinking, despite playing a guitar, he's also drinking like a Cosmo or some sort of red, maybe a Manhattan, like a red colored drink. And she puts mm-hmm. out a cigarette in it. She hadn't had a cigarette before. And then. Yeah, she's like prancing around, bound, like, like just like. Strutting. But she didn't really have a cigarette. And if she did, it wasn't lit. She suddenly had one and put it <laughs> out like, in his like is... little cordial glass. <laughs> right. And then she goes and puts it on the mantle. Then this is the weirdest turn. For some reason, the guy in the suit is he went from standing in his suit with the calculator, calculating up the value of all these things. Now he's standing on the ledge of the open window next door with like these muslin drapes and he's he's man on a ledge <laughs> right but he's outside somehow like grasping to the ledge looking in and like i don't know how he got outside like suddenly he's outside and he looks over and he's shocked at what he sees and what is it that he sees we don't know yet so this guy went from mild-mannered accountant repossessing accountant furious he's furious he's angry he's like, and now he's this, just horrified how, how could this happen on my watch when in fact <laughs> <laughs> what's What's happening is a routine eviction. Well, <laughs> and, and it's caused by him. Right. He has agency in this story. It's, it's not an innocent bystander. It's within his power to stop it, and yet it's gone too far. So, what he sees is indeed shocking. So, the guitar guy, <laughs> presumably Martin Briley suddenly is now wearing a gray outfit with another and a beret. Black beret. <laughs> oh, and a black like, beret. What beret did I wear? Like, I, I think I'll just ago. pick this one. 
Right. This this video is one big continuity error. Like nobody yeah. nobody was taking notes. <laughs> nobody <laughs> remembered what they had been wearing the day before. Oh, they were all coked up. It was the eighties. So yes. so the the guitar guy is now in the gray outfit with the black beret, and then this was the shocking thing. They pull out and he is being coddled by this harem of sexy women in different costumes. One of them is a sexy nurse. One of them is a geisha. One of them is a woman in like a leather outfit. And one of them is a French maid. And they're all like pawing over him and serving him champagne and hors d'oeuvres off of a bar cart. And like, where did these women come from? If I were the suit guy, I would be shocked too. Like he's... He's the innocent party here. Do they come with the apartment? Like, are they, <laughs> they, they live there? Nowhere. It was like a female village people, like a very, very horny village they people. Just, they just like wandered in. Like maybe this eviction was taking place on Halloween and they just like wandered in. <laughs> or maybe they were maybe they were the backup moving crew who just got so caught up in the frenzy. <laughs> they forgot they, to change. <laughs> They forgot to move anything. They're just like, let's have a party with this sexy beret guy who's unspeakably ugly. <laughs> I personally don't think he's unspeakably ugly. I think. Oh, was, really? Yeah, I think it's a styling problem. I think had he worn something different, he would look okay. Okay. Uh, well, we yeah. can Google image how he looks today. Yeah. Um, he's alive and well. I looked it up. Um, so he did himself no favors. That's right, all right. I will say. Okay. So the suit guy, this for the suit guy who is was you know is in the window now. This is a bridge too far. So he is. <laughs> he is so he's shocked. like I came here to organize a neat <laughs> eviction. And what do you do? You have a party. This right. is yes. unacceptable. With yes. these women I did not invite. Like no one invited them. <laughs> and I'm just to trying to tally up your valuables <laughs> and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so he is so shocked that he takes his glasses, he picks up his tie over his neck, and he hangs himself from his tie like a noose. <laughs> It doesn't work. Wait, he, and he falls. Know. He throws himself out the window. But I think they were on like the first, first floor. floor he didn't fall very far, or it was a very bad like special effect. But like, let's pause here for a moment. Like this, this made this chaos, this fracas drove <laughs> this poor man to suicide. He was. It was a gesture of suicide, which I think he was a well, martyr. It was like a, was, I think he was trying to signal that, like, this is how I feel inside and like make oh. his internal feelings external. That's I don't know. A, he's very a, he's kind of a drama queen. Like, that's he was, a he's, a, he's a mime. <laughs> He only expresses his feelings through movement. <laughs> he never does say anything in the video. Maybe he can't speak. Maybe he's... Well, he's angry. <laughs> he's angry because he's not making enough money from his eviction. So he has to moonlight well, they're as a mime. The, they're, <laughs> they're spending all the money on the hors d'oeuvres and the champagne and the costumes. He's like, I didn't order this. This is for tomorrow's eviction. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, we have to continue through this. So, um, yes. okay, so then we go back to the girls, like, pawing around him. And then upon his suicide, there's chaos at the bar cart. The girls are now throwing around money and food and champagne, and it's chaos. And after that <laughs> shot, we never see them again. <laughs> they just... They, they leave afford. as they leave as quickly as they came. <laughs> Was it all a dream? I don't know. They had enough money to pay for like one take, with them, and they're just like, okay. And they're like, we're out. <laughs> like our, our contract says we're out. So then the girl in the red dress struts back in. Um, she takes the Cosmo that she had put on the mantle, and she takes a sip on it in, from it, and finds a cigarette that she put there. And, and she, she acts like, astonished. <laughs> right. What? It's like, like, girl, it's do you not a... remember what happened five minutes ago? It five wasn't five minutes ago. ago. It was forty-five <laughs> seconds ago in the video. <laughs> Unless it's like a time warp. Like it was a big dramatic movement. Like, you her... put a cigarette in someone's drink and put that drink on the mantelpiece, and there were no other glasses on the mantelpiece. <laughs> And then you pick up that drink and take a sip and are surprised. It was more that she like she like shrinks back in horror. Like it's not just it's like exaggerated. So then you you cut back to the the moving guys, um, and the suit guy is now back, fully dressed with his glasses on, with his calculator, uninjured, like nothing ever happened. Like he didn't just hang himself and fall out the window. He's just back. He was just having a mental breakdown, and I think he needed to jump out the first floor window, take a walk around the block, and come back into the apartment and cool his jets and then sit down and get back to work. And then when he came back, he was like, oh, good. The party's gone. I could come. I could resume my counting. Right. I, I told myself, this too shall pass. And sure enough, I came back, and it, it did. did pass. And things are back to this otherwise perfectly normal scene happening in this apartment. Right. So then the movers who continue to move, they turn to the camera in unison and like flip their limp, limp wrists. So clearly they're both gay. And that's how you know, because like yeah. they're, they have their limp wrists. It's like an undertone. Yeah. Right. It's because like all, all, well, it's not even an undertone. It's because all gay movers <laughs> like flounce around their place of work. Right? Right. <laughs> how else will you know they're gay? <laughs> Um, now Martin Briley is back on the couch, but he's back in his sailor suit and his beret and his neckerchief. But now the white suit is a black suit, um, right. which again is not a considered choice. I think they it's just a forgot. Continuity issue. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and like, then, the then there's a <laughs> random shot of a billfold with dollar dollar bills sticking out of it on a black background being stabbed by a knife. And it's the only such like abstract shot in the whole video. It's all very like literal and acted out. And then there's this like symbolism of a money wallet being stabbed by a knife. Meanwhile, back on the set. The movers are getting gayer and gayer. Um, one of them now has a vase on his head and is <laughs> sashaying across the room. <laughs> they've, uh, they've come out of the video closet and now they're free to be themselves, yes. which obviously involves vase sashaying. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
<laughs> which is really how all of we gays really want to behave at work if only we weren't hemmed in by societal norms. Okay, and then the final shots of the video, the gay movers, they roll up the carpet. Uh, there's the girl, nothing left. There's it's nothing just... left, right. Well, there's really. She puts out, the girl then puts out the cigarette on the bare floor. But like, was the cigarette already out? Is it a different cigarette? It's a different cigarette. She's okay. just a chain smoker in, in the <laughs> apartment, in the small apartment. Well, it's 1983. Everyone's smoking yeah. inside. Uh, and then it's just him in the apartment and all four walls of the set collapse around him, in on him. And they're just on a soundstage and mm -hmm. scene. And I think that's kind of brilliant. It's a little meta at the end, right? They're taking everything from him, even the four and walls of his apartment. revealing he never had anything to begin with. Oh, look at that. Look like, at that. And the whole song is about the value of... Um, of a relationship, right? No, the whole you, value is about salt and tear. Can we talk about well, that he's for saying, a second? You ain't, you ain't worth the salt in my tears. So he's talking about an ex and saying that, you know, he's selling off all these belongings because he's being evicted from his apartment after some breakup. I think they're repossessing them. She's repossessing them. Or, or he <laughs> committed some crime and his belongings are being repossessed. By game movers. <laughs> And as upset as he is about the loss of his coffee table and stereo, he's not, he doesn't care at all about the loss of this relationship. Yeah, but she's why, is, worth why the salt. is salt in tears like the Why is that the, the unit of measurement? <laughs> like, <laughs> of worth, right? Why, like, why isn't it like you ain't you're worth, worth the sand in my shoes or you ain't worth the like... <laughs> Like the wax but in my ear, <laughs> in my, my, my Reuben. Right? It's just random. It might as well be. Okay, I mean. shut this video down. Nope. Thank you for indulging nope. our summer music series preview, spring music series. I am really looking forward to doing it. After that, though, I don't know how we're going to top that coming into summer. I don't know. We'll Maybe Martin Briley could join us. Oh, yeah. Martin Briley, if you're out there and listening, please call us. We'd love to have you on as a guest. Even <laughs> even though we've mocked you, you wouldn't be the first guest. Who we, like come the on. Oh, like we love the song. We love the song. You know what? Play the guitar for us. Do an acoustic. Hopefully you also understand the video is questionable. Oh, I bet he does. Like, he probably looks I'm back sure at that does. and cringes. He's a normal human being, I bet. Okay, that's the end of our notes. Now let's go to the yup. See the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, you have a good one. Let's hear it. Yeah, my yup goes to Lil Nas X, who I love for many reasons. I thought, you know, Old Town Road was a great Speaking song. Of AJ loves gay, it. Gay movers in the gay, workplace. Yes. <laughs> gay movers yes. and shakers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and also his Twitter name is Nope, which I love yeah, too. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, I've been seeing it all over i'm like wait who's who's is who, rachel who's tweeting no under nope but then it's a little nas x <laughs> yes yes so he's uh welcome on our podcast as well anytime and he released a new video this week along with a special edition pair of nikes that have all these conservatives clutching their pearls strangling themselves out the window like the accountant in the <laughs> salt in my tears video so this video it's called um call be Call Me By Your Name, and it's really brilliant, and um, I'll link to it in the show notes, but it features Lil Nas X, who's dressed in various costumes, including a pink wig, black thigh-high stiletto boots, there's a lot of leather involved. It's a tribute to same-sex relationships and the demonization of these relationships in religion and culture, and there's a scene in the video where you see a tree trunk with Greek 
writing on it. And a historian has revealed that the letters, the Greek writing is from Plato's Symposium 191, referring to desire for various kinds of bodies. So there's a lot of subtext. Wow. And um, yeah, in the finale of the video, he's descending a stripper pole to hell and he gives the <laughs> devil a lap dance. Everyone's talking about this scene. And so I, I thought that was very cool. And the sneakers are also fascinating. They're um, called <laughs> Satan shoes and they made 666 pairs of them. They contain a drop of human blood in the soles. Um, and they are Nikes, but they're not officially endorsed by Nike. And in fact, Nike is suing the company that modified the shoes, but not Lil Nas X. He has nothing to do with that. Um, but conservatives are freaking out. And it seems like this was such a clever way to troll them and reveal them for the hypocrites that they are, who are not concerned with any issue of substance, but just like tweeting about these stupid blood shoes. Like, who cares, you know? But he's a genius. He know, like, he should be. He should run PR for the DNC. I think that video had everything good except Martin Briley. I think. Yes. Like, <laughs> it, it, it well, the same way he brought want. back the same way he had a Billy Ray Cyrus in Old Town Road. He should have yes. brought back Martin Briley for the Martin Briley. He it. brought back the bolo tie. You know, yeah, like absolutely, yeah, for sure. Okay, <laughs> my my up is uh, might annoy you, Rachel. Actually, um, so you know, in uh, in difficult times, we often return to comfort viewing, like on TV. Like I've watched. 30 Rock three different times, the whole thing. You just, sometimes mm -hmm. you don't want to watch something new. You just want to like see the same old you jokes You want to see character. a story you know. Yeah, like an old Ex friend. Exactly. Yes. So for me, I realize that that applies to podcasts as well. So Rachel, you're always suggesting great podcasts for me. Um, and I'm just a grump about it. I'm like, I don't have any time to listen to podcasts, which I don't. That's an authentic reaction. Um, but yeah. now that I've begun going into the office a little bit, I have like little snippets of 20 minutes. Like on the subway, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to like the 20 minutes of a true crime podcast that has 50 series of it. What am, what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to something timeless that I can listen to in snippets that is going to amuse me and make me laugh. So I've gone back to Julie Klausner's podcast, How Was Your Week? Oh, and I've listened, so funny. And I've listened to the few episodes just before the pandemic and then right at the beginning of the quarantine where she was in her element. And then she stopped doing the podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, but it is so great. So I don't know if I'm giving my yup to Julie Klausner or to the concept of comfort listening, re-listening to old podcasts that you enjoyed. Because we view them as so disposable. You listen once and then it goes in the archive or goes away. But like, go back and, and remember those go back podcasts. And, and remember, yeah, I loved her episode about Mary Poppins. Oh my God, yes. I mean, she just it's did It's one like of the a, finest monologues of all time. Like, she just did a, like a half hour thing about a movie from the 1960s with Don Knotts called Mr. Limpet or the marvelous <laughs> Mr. Limpet in which he wants to become a fish and the tangent she goes off on and she's also an expert in Don Knotts which is hysterical right <laughs> and she takes it serious she treats it with the seriousness it deserves she really yes. does <laughs> so I guess I guess my up goes to her. I think I've done her before, but she deserves another we one. We love okay. her. She's she's one of our finest living humans. Okay, yeah. we are running way way long today, but it is worth it because we got to do our music series and lots more and Matt Gates and all the things you rely on us to Sorry, talk about. Sorry, that was long. That was well, so long. Nobody was yeah. forcing them to listen to the end. It's, if they're here, they, they could fast forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
forward 30 seconds. Okay. Thank you for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, review if you have enjoyed this podcast. Um, especially rate because we have this Russian troll. I don't know if they're Russian. Just this troll. Probably not Russian. Who's It's uh, possible. Who like, you know, dinged our ratings a little bit. So we want to make sure we get back to a clean five star. So even if you're feeling too lazy or not inspired to write a whole just review. Just give us five stars. Come on. Five stars. Right. Thank you. Okay. So it has been truly a terrible week. More so for Matt Gates than for us. <laughs> good <laughs> but for the Suez. <laughs> good for the Suez. It's been a fun podcast to record. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. 